This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Cruise Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the on air. air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin Control. because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That is right. That is right. Always fasten those seatbelts and welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. It's us guys again. Who? We are on the air. We are, we being Les Jackson, yours truly, Fred Stubb, over in the other chair. And uh, we have, as usual, more than enough information about the auto industry. Yeah, we sure uh, do. We never can cover it all in an hour. You're excited and about this edition, though, Les, because you've got a very big... much because uh, it's more it's more drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is uh, this is our as the Tesla turns mega edition. Yes. Including all. <laughs> including but not limited to all of the following legal violations potential <laughs> arrests disconnected steering wheels a new million mile battery and transportation for astronauts oh and by the way a new plant in texas uh and other than that it was a boring week for elon musk yeah not much going on there right <laughs> that's right uh we'll cover all of that um it's good for amusement, but, you know, <laughs> there is some other good stuff there. Uh, meanwhile, Audi and FCA are top of the tech when it comes to infotainment. Yeah, infotainment, that is going to a new level with both of these manufacturers. We'll it talk sure about is. that. And Jeep gets desert rated in case you want to drive across the desert, Les. I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you anyway, but I'll leave you to that. Anyway, Talking Tech, uh, which we always love to do, UK germ killers and a solar-powered car cover. Yeah. Solar-powered car cover. It's better than the uh, propane-heated cup holder. Or the gasoline-powered turtleneck sweater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you have several of those. In I, I have two of those, yeah. yeah. Uh, what can we expect from Volkswagen's 2022 GTI? Well, we've got some details for you. One of my favorite uh, cars. Great. I, I love the car. I just love them. Everybody loves them. Anyway, is Nissan going back to the future when it comes to transmissions? I think they are. Yeah, we'll tell you about that, all that, and a whole lot more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. That's the show you're listening to. Les Jackson is excited about that, all that stuff. Yep. Because he has an Elon Musk t-shirt on right now. I, I do. It's not um, gas-powered. It's electric-powered. No, it has Elon, a circle, and a big cross through it. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to believe all this stuff happened with Tesla. It really is. But uh, we will have all of that for you on Cruise Control Radio. And don't forget, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. It's all there, cruisecontrolradio.com. You check us out. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. Yes. We're going to see you in a moment, so stay tuned. 
Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, Swell the Organ. It is time for the soap opera we call. Yes. As if I could the play the organ, Tesla I turns. would. As the Tesla turns. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this week, so much news from Tesla. Uh, most of it not great. <laughs> uh, uh, most of it's just plain silly. Yeah, well, he uh, defied the lockdown and restarted his yep. plant in California. Uh, and uh, the state law allows for a fine of up to $1,000 a day, which is no problem for him. He wouldn't care. Uh, or up to 90 days in jail. With that, Elon Musk responded, if anyone is arrested, I ask that it only be me. Well, I don't think anybody's going to be arrested. I think uh, the sheriff's departments and the police have better things to do. Mm -hmm. And as long as reasonable safety precautions are made, they'll probably slap his wrists. But it's just um to me that it's a bad publicity stunt yeah it's a bad publicity stunt and you know uh he was talking about selling i i didn't realize why he wanted to sell everything last week his houses in california and that it's because he was talking about moving the whole operation to texas or arizona but now right. it looks like the tesla cyber truck site according to some uh, the Associated Press and CNBC, uh, there were two reports that Austin and Tulsa, o- Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, were finalists for the facilities, but no decision was made. There's a lot of talk, though, that it will be somewhere in Texas. I wouldn't think it would be in Austin, Texas, because that's one of the more expensive areas. It is. It is. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of there in texas mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um you can set up factories in these very uh in these very under developed counties uh extremely cheaply mm-hmm. and so why not why did he do alameda in the first place well i don't know i mean california's an expensive place to build something certainly cars uh it was the yeah. old numi plant where they built uh uh, Toyota Matrix and uh, Pontiac Vibe. That was the last product down the line. And I don't know why. Probably because it was high tech and Silicon Valley type thing. And, uh, you know, but uh, I this would be the plant for the Model Y and the Cybertruck. And uh, it will probably be Texas. That's what the theory is. Uh, citing, uh, he cited Toyota moving from California to Texas. So it, it probably will be Texas is what I'm thinking. But uh, I but, think you're right. But meanwhile, he's building Model 3s. And in Blackpool, England, uh, a uh, guy bought a brand new Model 3, excited to get it. He was backing out of his driveway and the steering wheel fell off. Now there's a 
There's a whoops for you. Yeah, apparently there were missing bolts. And uh, he tweeted about it, and Tesla got back to him, and they say, I just don't know how that could have happened. Well, I mm-hmm. know they didn't, I put, know. didn't put the fasteners on it, you know? Uh, it's pretty bad quality, don't you think? It's pretty bad. And, and you figure... Um, that doesn't. That just doesn't happen in the auto industry anymore. It hasn't happened since the '60s. Yeah, uh, they sent this guy a one-year-old Jaguar to be loaned as a replacement while they fixed his Tesla. I wonder if they went down to Home Depot and just got some bolts from somewhere and <laughs> <laughs> just put them into a drill, and you know, I don't know. Probably, probably did. Yeah, uh, just local hardware. You never, you never hear about this stuff, though. You never hear about this happening. Where did they get the Jaguar? I don't know. Did they just rent it from Enterprise or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's pretty bad. It, it really is bad. I think they should have given him a whole new car and said, hey, you know, we'll just take this one away. But it's uh, the Driving Standard, the Driving and Cecile Standards Agency, uh, Cecil, I guess, Driving and Cecil Standards Agency in the UK is doing a full investigation about this. Actually, legally, he could have demanded a new car, just as you could here, because you have taken delivery of the car with a major safety-related defect. Yeah. You could simply say, you must replace it. Or they could um, have just said, it's like it's the racing edition. You know how you can remove the steering wheel? This has a quick that release would, on it. You just, we forgot to tell you a, about it. <laughs> it's, it's the Three Stooges edition. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think that's it, there's still more Tesla coming up. Oh, yeah. And You're right. we're going to tell you about the future of car infotainment. So stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-C-T-R-L-R-A-D. Cruise Control Rad. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. We were, before the break, talking about the trials and tribulations of uh, Tesla. Yeah. And Mr. Musk. But there is very promising news. Yeah, let's let's Tesla. switch to the good side. Shall we? This is this is uh, very interesting. I, I you know I hope it pans out. Um, basically, Tesla has uh, said they have plans to introduce a, a low-cost, long-life battery, and by long life I mean it should last a million miles. That should get it done on most cars, right? That should get it done. Um, and it would bring the cost of electric vehicles back to uh, basically on a par with gas-powered cars, which is, would be a major thing. Mm-hmm. So he's working with the Chinese, um, China's contemporary Amperex Technology Limited. Gotcha. Cattle. And cattle, for sure. Cattle. <laughs> um, and... Apparently, this thing uh, is so far uh, showing great promise to be a to be a real thing. Yeah, it's a lithium iron phosphate battery, and it uses no cobalt because cobalt is the most expensive metal. 
and EV batteries. You can eliminate the cobalt. You eliminate some a big problem of battery power cars, right. right? Well, that's right. And cobalt is extremely toxic. Yep. And um, um, there's it's difficult to mine. It's mined, isn't it? It is mined and then refined. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's not done here because it's it's so environmentally unfriendly. Yeah. So uh, now GM has developed some low cobalt batteries that's being developed by the uh, General Motors company and LG Chem, but they're not expected to reach the low levels until 2025. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it sounds promising, certainly pr sounds promising. So we'll give him that. Also, uh, if you remember, uh, and this is big news for, um, for Tesla, huge news and huge news from Elon Musk, uh, the astronauts, uh, Robert Benikin and Douglas Hurley, are going to be delivered to the International Space Station using the SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft carried by the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket on May 27th. So this is our return to space, basically. We no longer will have to rely on the Russians. We will use the SpaceX Falcon 9 right. rocket and the Crew Dragon spacecraft. As you remember uh, from the Apollo world, the astronauts are always driven about nine miles to the launch uh, pad. And um, this time they're going to be going in a, a Tesla Model X. Hopefully the steering wheel is snugged up. That's right, with NASA logos on it. Yeah. Um, I guess they won't be wearing their spacesuits because I don't think you would fit in there. I don't think they could fit in there. Yeah. But here's here's a little bit of NASA trivia and automotive trivia. So the Apollo astronauts were driven in a Cortez motorhome. And the motorhome was built by a forklift company, the Clark Company. I didn't know that. Yeah, it. they decided to get into uh, airport tugs and motorhomes, which is a weird <laughs> combination of products. But um, one of the original uh, motorhomes to transport them still exists at the Kennedy Space Center. Uh, or, yeah, it's still called Kennedy Space Center, or has it gone back to Cape Canaveral? Oh, right, right. Yeah, uh, no, no, it's Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, so... Uh, anyway, this is the follow-on, but I just don't see how you could be in there with a helmet and a spacesuit in the back. No, the, the, those spacesuits basically double your bulk. Yeah, so uh, it, they will have the gullwing do doors to get out, though. In the That's back. right. Uh, I think this is actually quite cool. We'll give them credit. And it looks actually Absolutely. good with a NASA logo on the door, doesn't it? It really does. Um and it's it's his rockets are really great. I mean they're yeah they work. Yeah. They work beautifully. Like we said, and this is just our opinion, we think they're just a better technology company than car designing. That's right. When you're building a rocket or two, or six, or ten, you can afford to take the time and get it all right. That doesn't mean you'd be good at building 10,000 rockets. Yeah. yeah, so 
That's uh, that concludes our Tesla. Everyone's like, when is he going to finish with Tesla and talk about something else? But that's we're finished with our Tesla stories for the week. That's A busy right. week for Elon Musk. But um, Audi and FCA both have announced some new infotainment systems, uh, and they are going to be uh, quite interesting and kind of push infotainment in cars to where they've uh, never gone before. Starting with Audi, we told you about their big uh, their upgrades uh, for their complete lineup, basically. Uh, but their new system has a new chipset that's 10 times quicker than pre- previous Audi hardware, and it includes features like Sirius XM with 360L, which is sort of like turning Sirius Radio into Pandora, where you can... Uh, kind of customize the content on demand. It even has a for you function that allows you to discover new content based on your listening preferences, uh, which is pretty cool. And if it you've ever really... used a, a like a Pandora app or Spotify app, that's exactly what it does. Hey, you like this, so if you probably like this as well. Exactly. It's really the closest thing now to what you can do in your living room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It even has uh, built-in features such as built-in navigation that you can order even if the vehicle is not uh, equipped with it from the factory. And uh, additional features will be added to function on demand at a later date. So you can start getting these things. I bet they'll probably be by subscription by the year, you know, Something um, like that. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, it won't be free. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> this is called the MIB3 system. It will include in-car an in-car Wi-Fi hotspot that's more powerful than the past. You can connect up to eight devices, <laughs> which I guess if, every, if you had four people and everyone had a phone and a tablet, although the driver shouldn't be looking at either of those. That's right. And they're talking to each other on the phones and the tablets. (laughs) Uh, And not talking to, they probably wouldn't even be talking to each other. They'd be talking to different people. Yeah. Um, The Wi-Fi has uh, been optimized for audio streaming and remote work applications. So um, there you have it. You can quarantine in your car if you want. Uh, They're also going to expand the availability of the toll module which was first introduced on Audi e-tron and it will be um, available to drivers. So they won't have to mount a separate uh, box on the window of their car, which is actually quite nice and a slick because let's face it. They don't look great stuck on the, on the window. Do they? No, that's, that's right. Now there's one thing about this that I don't like. Okay. And that is their their the chief designer says um, you're going to see larger displays in all of their vehicles. I think that is coming on many. Vehicles. It it is, but I I honestly don't. I, for instance, and I'm not knocking Tesla, just for the sake of knocking, but I don't like that big screen in the middle of the dash. Uh, it just to me is out of proportion with the rest of the car. I think, though, that is coming, uh, whether you like it or not, really. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Now, uh, Chrysler has also been cited as having great uh, infotainment. 
and uh, the Uconnect 5 system is on the way. Uh, and you're going to see, once again, bigger screen size as you're talking. And we'll tell you about some of the other features when we come back on Cruise Control Radio. We'll also talk about Jeep getting uh, desert rated. They're trail rated now, but uh, they're going to get desert rated. And some tech. We'll talk some tech. All that and more on Cruise Control Radio when we come back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, all here. Taking you on a ride around the automotive industry. Don't forget, check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check out the podcast edition, all there, cruisecontrolradio.com. And uh, Les, we were talking a little bit about infotainment, told you about the Audi system. Uh, looks like FCA is getting a big upgrade, too. You were saying you're not a big fan of some of the big screens, but they are coming to a lot of the vehicles. You saw it in the Ram 1500, and now it's going to make its way across the lineup um and each vehicle will have it's a unique you connect color theme and it will also um have unique features like the hellcat will have performance features the pacifica uh might have a rear seat monitor uh they're going to be able to kind of break this out across the models with features uh, that will fit the vehicle that they're in. Uh, and there'll be available widgets to include navigation locations, temperature settings, and other frequently used features, not unlike shortcuts uh, on your phone or on your uh, computer. So that... Which, which, by the way, is the single biggest factor in brand loyalty these days. Shortcuts and widgets? What? No, no. Uh, the 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 uh, the technology experience. All right. That that is to say, the positive technology experience. How, how easy it is to use and how uh, how versatile. Well, you it is. you and I drive a lot of cars. I don't really crack open the owner's manual. If I have trouble no. with a navigation system, uh, or you know, navigating the menus, then I know the system isn't that good if i can just jump in it and start poking around and figure it out then i feel you know it's a pretty good system or at least it's as good as the rest of the ones out there on the, yeah. uh, on the um, market yeah i agree with you if it, it should be intuitive yeah you shouldn't the average person yep. shouldn't have to guess how this thing works yeah yeah i've seen great ones uh i've seen like uh systems on other manufacturers where I just, I can't figure it out. And I wonder, you know, yeah. and, and there are every, uh, there, there are a lot of different brands that where I can't figure it out. I'm not going to mention the brands, but some of them are just terrible. And it's like, I don't know what, what it is, or they, you, they want you to log into something else. And, and it's exactly. Like, I yeah. mean, I find myself, uh, in situations like that. And I know you've <laughs> experienced the same thing saying, 
what possessed them to design it this way? Yeah, exactly. What on earth made them do this? Why am I struggling so much? Yeah. 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 Well, you won't struggle if you're in the desert and you're driving a Jeep or certain Jeeps. Uh, some new ones are getting the desert rated badge. You're familiar with the trail rated badge. I believe every Jeep is trail rated. Uh, and that means obviously it can go off road and it's not just a, uh, just a pretend crossover or pretend, uh, off-roader, but now the desert rated badge is starting to be seen in the lineup. And the first vehicle to get it is the Jeep Gladiator Mojave. Uh, that is going to be just the start, but it's going to move on to some other uh, vehicles in the lineup. This is according to some uh, in Intel from Motor Trend uh, and some unnamed sources within FCA. <laughs> people <laughs> we, who we know them. People in the know. That's right. Yeah, uh, the smaller Jeep Cherokee could also receive the uh, desert rated badge in the future. Uh, the next generation Jeep Grand Cherokee could receive it. And the Jeep Wagoneer, that is a vehicle we've been talking about for a long time, the return of the Wagoneer, but it's coming back. Um, and it, it's a different focus. Uh, it is about uh, delivering traction on loose surfaces such as sand and, in, and increasing desert maneuverability and its ground clearance. So At higher speeds. At higher speeds. Uh, I would venture a guess... Most people don't go off-road in most vehicles with all-wheel drive, but they certainly really don't drive in sand other than if you live near a beach and they allow you to drive on it. Uh, fun right. fun little bit of uh, note, I grew up on Long Island, and they had the Beach Buggy Association, believe it or not. You had, to, ah. you had to get a permit, and you had to have fishing rods on your vehicle like in, in holders that went on the... What, what what did that have to do with the, the driving the vehicle? The If you wanted to drive it on the beach, the idea was that you were doing it to do surf casting. So, oh, I see. But most people wanted to just drive on the beach, so they got some junky old fishing rods and just had it on the bumper just so they didn't get in trouble, just so they were, were maintaining the, uh, the law. Isn't that funny? I mean... <laughs> I wouldn't that mind is. driving along, and I used to think I would never do that in a new vehicle, but if I had an old Wrangler or something like that, uh, or a pickup truck or something that had all-wheel drive and some big balloon sand tires, it would be fun, right? It would be. I, You know, it's I've never done it, but I've always thought it'd be fun to get a dune buggy yeah, and uh, plow through all the sands and jump them over. Like if you do it on Long Island, just remember to attach your fishing rods, Les. I was thinking of doing it out in the desert somewhere <laughs> where there's where I know for a fact there's very poor fishing. Yeah, I would say you would uh, it would be kind of funny to have the fishing rod on in the middle of that. I'll have to tell our Jeep friends that I think they get a laugh out of it. But yeah, yeah. people would screw PVC pipes to their bumper. And and then just put their fishing rods in there, and they weren't doing any fishing. They were just out for a drive, you know. And I, you could drive along the beach for I think like thirty, forty miles. So hmm. kind of fun, I think. Don't you? Well, um, 
You need big, yeah, big never balloon done it, tires, but I think it, it low air, be fun. you know, yeah. an air compressor to air them down. And uh, I, th- I think it would be kind of cool, but not with a new vehicle. I wouldn't take a uh, well, fifty, sixty thousand dollar Jeep out there. Yeah, I, I, I would do it with your new vehicle. <laughs> Excellent, thank you. <laughs> but not mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, from uh, fishing rods and sand, let's move on to this. Let's talk some tech, shall we? Let's do that. Now, uh, I've wondered about this. You and I drive a lot of cars. They're driven by a lot of people. You know, they are the cars look cleanly. I'm not sure about the people. Uh, other people that drive them, but right. Hyundai uh, Motor Group is exploring the idea of using UV light to disinfect automotive interiors, turning the dome light into a weapon against the spread of disease. Hmm. I did a story on this for a science show I worked on where they were thinking about using it in the hospital, and you would wheel it in on a cart, you set the remote, you'd leave the room, and this light raised up out of the top of this thing and spun around UV light and it supposedly sterilized the room. And it was great for a hospital room because there's equipment in there and the floor and the ceiling and this did everything. It would take about 10 minutes and then you would wheel it away and put it into another room. This is a recent New York Times article on the subject and it said UV light fixtures reduce pathogens the idea that they reduce pathogens dates back to the 1930s, and it's been used successfully in school buildings in Philadelphia. It's also used to uh, disinfect uh, surfaces of subway cars and hospital operating rooms and public areas. Now, you think about this. It's not a bad idea to have this be able to sterilize things like seats, floor mats, dashboards, steering wheel. Um I also think it'd be great for subway cars to have it in the roof of the subway car. You clear everyone out, you hit the button, let it let it go for 10 minutes, and it would be better than somebody wiping it down with a rag, right? It would be. Uh, now, you're going to need a certain intensity of the light. Yes. Which is a whole lot more intense than you want to stand under. Yeah, you would have to clear out. You would have to, like, set it up. And that's how they did it in these hospital situations. They would set up, close the door, and leave. There's a company out here in the D.C. suburbs that is building these uh, UV thing you walk through, just like the scanners at airports. Mm -hmm. And they're selling them to offices for office buildings for all of their employees to walk through. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's a lot of pushback. Yeah. but. But it, it, essentially, if it's the right dosage and it gets 100% of the area, it's a great idea. Yeah. Also talking tech, Ford has invented a cover that is solar powered, can charge your vehicle, and uh, can be folded up into the back of the vehicle. We'll talk about that when we come back on Cruise Control Radio. Plus... What can we expect from Volkswagen's 2020 GTI? I'll tell you, a whole lot of fun, probably. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back with more Cruise Control Radio after this. Keep it buckled up. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. More to come. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information. 
Cruise Control. Welcome back to the world of automobiles and future vehicles with Les Jackson, Fred Staub. You're on Cruise Control. That's the name of this show. We were talking a little tech before the break. Ford has filed a patent for what they call a solar cocoon, potentially for their Mustang Mach-E. This is a car cover that not only protects the car, but also charges the battery. And it can go from uh, a tension state to an untensioned state. Uh, and it, it, it sort of would protect the car in a parking lot, but charge the battery as well, wouldn't it, Les? Well, that's right. You need a... Uh, Ford is putting these flexible uh, solar panels all over, completely lining the outside of the cover. So they have enough surface area where you could get a reasonable amount of electricity per day. Mm -hmm. Uh, The actual physics is about 100 watts per square meter Mm -hmm. on solar panels at best. Mm -hmm. So add it all up. Uh, it's, you, you know, you could get uh, probably a few tens of miles worth of charging in the course of a day. Okay. Free energy, though. Free, sure, it's free energy. Free travel, and it looks like it would protect the vehicle pretty well from dings and dents. I would think so. Now, I, I don't know how long it would take to unfold this thing and put it on the car. I want it to come off like a George Jetson thing. You know, how it, how the car went into the... Uh, <laughs> oh, it folds retail. up and... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that would be... Uh, that would be pretty tricky engineering. Now, this has more surface area than the Hyundai solar roof right. on the new Sedona hybrid. That adds about two miles of range per day. Which is right, because not- it's only about two square meters. Now, you may so say that's-, that's pointless, but if I drove that to the train station, which is about two miles, that would mean I'm driving back and forth to the train station for free, basically. That's right, yeah. And- Plus, it uh, charges up the regular 12-volt battery. Yeah, so it's not terrible, and it kind of no. it kind of looks cool, too. But uh, this cover would do more, so... We don't know that much about it, but, you know, we'll keep you informed. Another uh, thing that we know a little bit more about is the 2022 Volkswagen Golf GTI. Uh, And this is one of my favorite cars. It's the eighth generation Golf. Uh, It was introduced in March of 2020 online. Uh, We don't know that much about what's coming to America, but... Uh, we're starting to get some ideas, including that it will have uh, uh, 18-inch wheels will come standard. 19-inch alloys will be uh, optional for the first time. Uh, it will have an illuminated grill. Uh, you will still be able to get to the plaid cloth upholstery, which I think you have to, if you get a GTI, you have you, to get I it. think it's the law. <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the only cars I would get with uh, cloth upholstery, I think. Um, there will be a digital dash in every trim level uh, with a uh, an 8.25-inch uh, touchscreen and a 10-inch display uh, along with a head-up display. Harman Kardon Sound replaces the current Fender setup. 
and uh, looking at a two-liter turbo four putting out 242 horsepower, 273 pound-feet of torque uh, in the standard GTI mode. Um, pretty cool looking vehicle uh it's got an interesting daylight running light uh, feature down there or if that's fog lights there's five lights on either side of it right yeah that's well again lighting is a big deal mm -hmm. and uh, getting to be more of a big deal mm -hmm. but the biggest thing about the gti and i know you'll agree um is the fact that you get into any gti whether it's from the 70s or 80s or 90s or current model or the new one mm -hmm. and start it and either let out the clutch or put it in gear and get moving and it's impossible not to grin like a high school sophomore oh yeah they are fun cars it's just fun it it, it always has been fun yeah absolutely um this one is going to be built in Wolfsburg, Germany. The original ones were built in Wolfsburg, Germany, uh, moving production from Mexico. So uh, they're saying that will probably result in about a 10% increase in cost. Um, the only thing I can see looking at it, uh, the one we're looking at, I don't particularly like the wheel design. Not, not great. Mm -hmm. Not interesting, I guess, would be. Yeah. Uh, I'd like a little bit more traditional wheel design. Probably black wheels would look good on that, uh, but I like I like the forged racing style wheels myself. But that's you know something that can be remedied and changed. Uh, but and I'm sure they'll have other offerings. We don't know what, but yeah. They, but those are just they're just too bizarre. <laughs> too bizarre. Yeah. Sometimes if wheel designs get too far out there, you know. Uh, interesting story here. Uh, we're getting some information on the new Nissan Pathfinder. The current one, believe it or not, less has been on sale since 2012, <clears throat> which is a long time. Uh, and there, it's getting uh, a lot of competition from uh, things like the Kia Telluride and others that are much more up to date. So uh, we don't know that much about it, but All Car News is reporting a, a big change will be they're going to get rid of the CVT transmission and go back to a step gear transmission, uh, potentially a nine-speed transmission. Now, this is a pretty big development for Nissan because they have been one of the few manufacturers to consistently um, and somewhat successfully uh, use CVT transmissions in their cars, where you, you do away with the traditional speed step gear transmissions that we're used to and go with this a continuous velocity transmission. Um, interesting step for Nissan. I never thought they would really go back. Did you? I didn't either. And it's got to be, it's got to be more expensive to to make a, a step gear transmission than a CVT. I would imagine. I would imagine it is. But maybe they felt that 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 was just too out there, and people complained about it. But. Uh, uh, maybe, or maybe, in fact, uh, because they're the only ones using it, maybe it is more expensive. They can buy the already uh, designed transmissions from suppliers. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to find out. We'll have yeah. to do some research. 
Back to Volkswagen, too. I found this story, I found it to be pretty interesting. It was a little look back uh, on Autoblog at something called the ARVW. It broke the world speed record in 1980 at 225 mile per hour vehicle. And it is called the Aerodynamic Research Volkswagen. It had a drag coefficient of just 0.15. To give you an idea of a slippery car that's built today, the Porsche Taycan has a a value of 0.22 coefficient of drag. This had one of 0.15, had a height of just 33 inches and a width of 43 inches. And it was shaped basically like an arrow, and it was designed to be the most aerodynamic vehicle made. Wheels were covered. Uh, sort of looks like it has the uh, grill and headlights of a Ford Bronco, sort of, doesn't it? A little bit. It, it actually looks like something designed back in the 30s. But but for land speed, it looks like a land speed record car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a little bit of history there. Kind of interesting. Hey, uh, we are glad you listened to Cruise Control Radio. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. It's all there. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you 